This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Bringing you a common sense and fresh perspective to creating a just society. This is Common Sense on Social Justice. You'll get equipped with the tools you need to carry out social justice right where you are. Now, here's the host of Common Sense on Social Justice, Michael Davis. And thank you so much for joining us. I am so glad that you are here, and it's a pleasure to be here with you again. Uh, Today, I'm going to begin tackling a subject that's rather wide, uh, rather broad, very deep, uh, and it's a subject that's going to take many weeks to to cover. And I've kind of put this off for a while. I've been planning to do this series for a while, and I have put it off because it's so big and so beyond me that I wasn't sure how to even tackle it. And then I realized that at some point I am just going to have to tackle it and go for it. So uh, today, beginning uh, an introduction to the compendium of the social doctrine of the church. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, the uh, uh, Catholic Church through the U.S. Catholic bishops have compiled uh, a uh, a document or a volume uh, called the Compendium of the Social Doctrine of the Church, and it really outlines and details out what the church uh, teaches and what the church uh, follows in relation to its understanding of social justice or social uh, doctrine. And it's, it's heavy. It's deep. There's a lot to it. I've read it several times the past few years. And each time I, I, I have to dig a little bit more be, to really comprehend what's going on. Uh, the compendium covers a lot of subject matter from what the nature of the human being is to what God's doing in creation to employment justice, wage justice, uh, family, justice for families. I mean, all kinds of subjects. I could go on and on. And we will cover a lot of those things, but what I'm going to do in this series is is take you through the entire compendium of the social doctrine of the church. And like I said, this could take maybe, I'm thinking 12 to 14 episodes, if not more. And today is just the introduction. Uh, we won't even make it to the first chapter of the compendium, just to give you an overview, a look into this. Now, what I hope you will do is purchase the compendium. Uh, you can purchase it, of course, at your favorite purchaser on or a bookseller, rather, uh, or you can, on the uh, website of the U.S. Catholic bishops uh, as well. But the Compendium of the Social Doctrine of the Church is what it's called. I highly recommend it. It, it just really nails it when it comes to social justice and understanding how things in creation are supposed to be working out. And what I want to do is to give you these principles, to present them to you from my understanding of it, and then hopefully you can begin to live out those principles uh, as you, you know, of course, look to create 
adjust society where you're at. And so the uh, let's get into this, this introduction uh, to the compendium. One of the things in paragraph one that I really want to point out is that uh, what the bishops talk about with salvation, that is the very thing that hinges the whole social doctrine of the church hinges is on what is salvation. And if you ask different people, you'll get different answers on what that means. Of course, if you ask Protestants, they'll give you one answer and understanding. And of course, then the Catholics uh, will give you a, a different understanding of salvation. But the bishops point out in the very first paragraph of the compendium that salvation is achieved after death, but also permeates the world in economy, labor, technology, and communication, society, politics, and international relationships. And in other words, we don't really fully realize our salvation until after death. However, in this life, salvation uh, is the working out. As St. Paul says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. It's the working out of what God is doing in the world. Now, to get a basic understanding of what salvation means, it means that we live in a fallen world, a world that is out of order from God's order of creation. And so as and, and each of us as individuals is out of order, uh, lost in sin, and so we need God's salvation, and through his grace, God has provided the way through Jesus Christ for that salvation. However, salvation in the big picture is the, the uh, coming back into order, coming back into God's creative order, whether as an individual or as a society. And so, uh, at, you know, the scriptures talk about repentance which means to change course, um, you know, talks about, uh, you know, becoming a new man. In other words, getting out of those old ways of living into the new ways of living. So in other words, even with, so salvation permeates, as it says, it, it, it informs us how to live. So if I'm experiencing salvation, God's salvation, and if I'm, growing in it and working it out, then I'm changing the way I live out my life. So for example, they say that salvation permeates the world in economy. So I recognize that there are worldly economies that, you know, focus on the flesh and, and they, they cause us to take advantage of others. And those economies suppress certain groups and create poverty and, and injustices. And so if salvation is, is permeating an economy, what that's doing is it's changing the course of an economy to become just and right and lead people to God. Or, for example, technology and communication, they mention, uh, you know, technology obviously is used in many ways for very perverse reasons. Like, for example, computers being used to track all of our actions, which is not good. Or computers being used to, to per, uh, promote uh, pornography or communication being used in various perverse ways. But if salvation is 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 permeating 
technology and communication, then the internet, our computers, our, our ways of communication take on a new course that glorifies God. And you see that, for example, say, for example, if you watch Bishop Robert Barron's videos on YouTube, we know that there's junk, worldly junk on YouTube. But when Bishop Barron teaches and helps bring us closer to our understanding of Christ, then that's glorifying God. In other words, salvation is permeating technology and communication in that moment. So what the bishops envision is a society where salvation is being worked out in politics, international relationships, all of those things. So, for example, uh, in international relationships, if salvation's permeating that, we're no longer going to war with each other and v- being violent and destroying each other. Rather, we're promoting each other as nations and helping each other and coming to each other's aid as nations. And so... Uh, that is the very crux, the very foundation on which the whole rest of the compendium hinges is this idea of salvation as the way of God bringing about a just world, a world that is in order with God's creative purposes. Now, uh, on to in paragraph three, uh, the bishops begin to talk about the church. And they say that the church teaches, uh, well, actually, in paragraph three, they quote the catechism of the pair of the uh, Catholic Church. And uh, in the catechism, uh, paragraph 2419 or 2419 teaches, says that the church teaches man the demands of justice and peace in conformity with divine wisdom. Now, I wanted to pull that quote out from the catechism because it really again is going to inform us how to then interpret and understand this compendium again the catechism says that the church teaches man the demands of justice and peace in conformity with divine wisdom now throughout this time of the many episodes now that we have of of this podcast, we have conversations. We talk about major points. We, we, you know, I teach concepts and all of that, but really what the bishops are saying in this document is that real social justice hinges not around human conversations with human minds that try to figure things out, but it rather rests on and true social justice comes from God's wisdom. So really the conversations around social justice should be around what is God saying to us in this issue? So let's say, for example, uh, you know, an un, the injustice of unfair wages. Rather than having huge conversations trying to use my mind to figure this out, the real conversation should be around what is God saying? What's God informing us in this moment from his infinite wisdom? Because if you think about it, uh, when we have conversations around these issues, we are very limited in our, our experience 
limited in our perspective. We're, we're only speaking from what we know, and that knowledge comes from our experiences, which may not be all that informative to us. But in God's divine wisdom, God uh, uh, sees the entire picture and every detail. So real social justice should come from that wisdom. And as they say, it demands, God's wisdom demands that we carry out justice and peace. And so again, that's back to the salvation. That's what the divine order looks like. A side note I want to bring about is that the Catholic Church developed its social doctrine during the Industrial Revolution. Now, it's not that the church hasn't always been about justice. I mean, we certainly do. We see plenty of, of evidence in the New Testament where we're commanded to take care of the widows, take care of orphans, take care of the poor, feed the hungry, and so on. But there wasn't a real developed doctrine around that. It was just kind of a practice, kind of an understanding. But during the Industrial Revolution is when the church really developed its social doctrine. Uh, why? Because during the Industrial Revolution, and, and I may cover that someday in this podcast, what the Industrial Revolution really is all about and the history of it and the outcomes. But... During the Industrial Revolution, we have experienced a time of societal and radical changes that built a society with injustice in its very nature. I mean, now because the Industrial Revolution, injustice is built into our employment and built into our businesses and built into our economies and our housing and all, all kinds of things that we have to deal with in life. And so we have to understand that during this industrial revolution, the church developed its real doctrine of social justice. And that is a huge and very important backdrop to all, to understanding all of this. And again, in the catechism of the church, paragraph 24, 23, it says any system in which uh, social relationships are determined entirely by economic factors is contrary to the nature of the human person and his acts. And that's what's happened with the Industrial Revolution is that now social relationships are completely determined entirely by economic factors. Now, for example, uh, uh, why do we build relationships with each other? Well, a big thing today that's being promoted is networking. We're networking. I'm going to build my business by networking. And so I'm going to become your friend so I can network so I can build my business. You see, it's all economics. Uh, and a lot of our contacts with humans are purely on the economic level to gain for ourselves. And what the catechism teaches is that that kind of an environment is contrary to the nature of what it even means to be a human being. Now, let's go on to paragraph four of the compendium. Uh, it says that when we come to understand that we are made in God's image, then we see that divine image in, in others. This informs us how to form a society, a society of love. Wow. I've said this before, but they said it better, I feel like. And that's okay. But every... Everybody, not, 
not a select few, not the majority. Everybody is made in the divine image. And if we can get a hold of that and see the divine image in others, then we are informed how to form the society, which is a society of love. And uh, to go on to, to tie that in with paragraph 14 in the compendium, it says, the question is, what is man's place in nature and society? And that is a question we don't seem to be asking. What we're doing is we're building machines, mechanistic systems in society, and then we're just putting humans into those systems to fill those roles. We're building giant corporations and just filling them and just putting humans in a slot. And what the compendium, what the bishops are saying is that uh, uh, we need to actually begin asking the question, what is man's place in nature and society? Man has a place to connect with nature. Why is it that as humans, we love escaping the city and going for hikes up in the mountains or in the forests? It's because our real place, our genuine, our, our place of order as humans is in nature. It's not in the concrete jungle. When we're in the concrete jungle, we're so disconnected. That's why we love escaping on the weekends to the forest or to the coast, to the beach, whatever, because we are meant to be connected to na nature. And that's what we're being challenged with in the compendium is to ask that question, what is man's place in nature? And what is man's place in society? Not what slot does man fit in society, but what is his place? Now, a, an important follow-up to that is paragraph 16, which says, so we are not trying to look at the mechanism of society and figure out how it benefits humanity as a whole. Rather, we learn the truth of what is man, and from that we build society. That, my friends, is earth shattering and i'm going to break this down but what they're saying in the compendium is it is we're going about it all wrong we're building a mechanism of society and trying to figure out how it benefits humans as a whole but rather we need to figure out what is humans what is a human and from that, we build society. We're going about it all backwards. We're building this mechanism of society. We're fitting people into it against human nature. And rather, we need to look at humans and say, what does it even mean to be human? And then from that, we figure out how to build the society. You see, so it should start with the human person, not with the mechanism itself. And I have to ask myself and wonder if we did it that way, would there even be a machine or a system or a mechanism, or would there be something much more organic? Yeah, we've got to ask these important questions. So begin asking yourself, what does it mean to be human?
Observe people around you. Observe yourself. Observe people in nature and begin ask, pondering that question, what is a human being? And then as we come to those truths of what that is, now let's build a society from that truth. Because all of our societies we tend to have in the world tend to just be, be very machine oriented and people are forced in them. And then we've got high suicide rates, violence, high murder rates. We have death all around us. We have depression, sadness, loneliness. Why? Because people weren't meant to be forced into these machines, these corporations, these, these uh, governmental systems. Humans are meant to be natural with each other, with nature, with God. Now, finally, in paragraph 19 of the introduction to the compendium, it says this humanism, that is looking at what it means to be human, this humanism can become a reality if individual men and women uh, and their communities are able to cultivate moral and social virtues in themselves and spread them in society. Now, this is what I've been trying to get across uh, at various times is create a just society right where you are. Now, at the very root of where you are is within yourself. So as they're saying, cultivate social justice, cultivate social virtues and moral virtues within yourself, and then cultivate them with your friends and your neighbors and then let them spread out. Jesus talked about the kingdom of God being like a, a, like bread. You know, you've got the, the leaven, the yeast in the bread. It starts out small, and then it works itself through the bread. So start out small. Build social justice or social virtues within yourself and moral virtues. Build love within yourself, and then let that go out to the ones around you in your neighborhood and then in your community, and then in your city, and just watch it spread. That's how we can create a just society. Now, the, the authors here, the bishops, end by referring to the need to have people who develop a new humanity, a new humanity. And I'm going to say it is time. It is time we did that. It is far past time that we built a new humanity, not a new system, not a new machine, not a new way of government, but rather a new humanity that is focused on who humans are created in the divine image. And once we can get that figured out, then from there we can build a society that is beyond our wildest imaginations, and I would dare say a society we've never experienced. Before, we're going to have to get creative and use our imagination. But once we get to that point, our imagination and creativity will be very purified. Well, this is heavy stuff. It's a lot to consider. As we get into more of the compendium, it's really going to start spelling out specific truths. And then as it goes on, it will begin applying those truths to specific social issues, such as wages, work, employment, family, uh, you know, whatever, uh, those kinds of things that we face on a daily basis. Well, I hope this has been a blessing to you. I hope it's been a challenge. I want to hear from you. I, 
they they mentioned the email at the end of this, and I hope you'll email me because I really want a solid conversation with this. And I hope you'll go out and buy a copy of the Compendium of the Social Doctrine of the Church. But for now, I'm praying for you, and may God bless you and give you wisdom as you create a just society right where you are. You've been listening to Common Sense on Social Justice with your host, Michael Davis a common sense and fresh perspective to creating justice where you are. Share your comments and questions with Michael by emailing sjcommonsense at gmail.com. That's sjcommonsense at gmail.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.